Hello, and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train. My name is Nobody, and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal in the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? Tired, not just because this week has been long, but also because I've been staying up too late playing a certain uh, Xenoblade-related thing again. (laughs) (laughs) Good reason, good reason. I haven't even finished the actual game, and yet I still decided to start the DLC instead. To be fair, I know how the game ends. I'm in Chapter 7. I'm right there. I could just go to the fucking big old, like, weird sphere thing and do the final boss stuff. I just haven't yet. (laughs) But hey, this gives me more reason to do that because since I now have the story expansion... That it, like because Nintendo's always dumb and doesn't like sell DLC separate. It's always part of that like expansion pass or whatever they always call it. And it's like okay, well this means I also right. have the other two hero characters added later on. So like I can get the like the robot girl defender and the like um the accessory creator healer girl. <laughs> they, I think she's called like a Labradorist or something. I don't know. It's I think it's a real term, but it's also like well she she makes accessories, but they call her like lapis related stuff i don't know xenoblade is weird <laughs> and that dlc already made me almost cry once <laughs> uh yeah, no i can get into that later how you doing though <laughs> i mean i'm doing all right i don't know it's been a week uh just uh, this is like my break week i guess and i'll be digging into trying to get a job next week but right now i just need some space yeah understandable <laughs> So uh, at least you're free from school. Yeah, that's for sure. I still got a. I'm still waiting for final grades to post, so I have absolute confirmation. But as far as I know, I'm done, done. So. Hey. Yeah. It's all yeah. Now final grades were supposed to be submitted by the teachers uh, on Monday. We're recording on Thursday, of course. Uh, Haven't been released yet. Yeah, that's concerning. You would hope that they would have actually stuck by that to let you know. <laughs> yeah. But nah, no, I just um, spent some more time at the community center. That's been frustrating lately, but it's kind of the nature of... I don't know if I mentioned it on the show, but they moved to a new building. and As much as I would love to be doing work for them, they've been having the library painted for the past i want to say like five weeks now and so i haven't actually been able to do any library work for them Fun. because the room isn't ready uh yeah well at least uh you're free of that for the moment before they drive you crazy with some other stuff i guess oh uh, yes well you see what they're having me do instead is they got these bookshelves donated these like wooden solid mm-hmm old bookshelves and they're having me sand them down and repaint them so they all match which not strictly what i volunteer for but sure fine i guess mm. it's just very exhausting yeah, that, that because sounds, they don't have a good power sander sounds more like manual labor yeah <laughs> don't get me wrong i don't mind lending a hand where they need it i just they don't have the equipment they need to do this job, and so it's a lot of painful exercise work. Oh yeah, the, don't get me wrong. Uh, started there with my fucking laptop the last like week and a half at work because my laptop for the last half of the week work up until like today 
has been fucking up every time whenever I try to actually, like, get a PDF downloaded for my job. Because, like, I think I've described it briefly in the past that, like, part of, like, basically my main job duty is that occasionally they request, like, we send a file that's, like, all the attachments that ever came in for a claim. And so, like, it's basically downloading them in chronological order, naming them in that order, and then, like, combining them all into one PDF. My laptop, and only my <laughs> laptop, I checked, multiple people on my team have not had this problem, would decide that because our system is we have to use print the PDF to actually create it and stuff in order to get the attachment right. downloaded. I don't know why it gets dirty PDF. Don't get, I don't, just don't understand why it's different. But print the PDF would always fuck up and take like two minutes of sitting there trying to actually think with Windows being like, I don't know, I might be crashing, maybe not, before it would actually like even out and go download just fine. If you actually use save as to download normally, whenever you go and actually try to put those files into the combined PDF, in the end, it would always freak out thinking it's not a PDF or that it has password protection when there's no password protection and it's clearly a PDF. So basically I was like, okay, well, I could either take the two minutes per PDF and wait for this thing to freak out with Windows fucking up and then finally going properly, or I could down or I could save it and then hope it doesn't fuck up, and when it inevitably fucks up, have to go back anyway and re-download it, taking two minutes. And that's been every day at <laughs> my job, up until earlier today, when they, when like somebody from my team was like, hey, uh, go into the setting in Chrome and just change how it saves the PDF whenever you're actually like downloading it initially to convert it to print the PDF. I don't know why it's phrased like that. That's just how it is. But basically, they told me to do that, and it worked just fine. No fucking problems. Huh. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, I wanted to throw my laptop out the fucking window for the last week and a half. How was it just an easy fucking <laughs> answer like this? How did I have to talk to like five different IT people and try to talk to my manager, trying to convince them to just get me a new laptop? And it was just, hey, change this one setting in Chrome. Boom. Done. It's like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> fucking computers. That's... Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like this was something brand new. The one IT guy who's on site that I was talking to when I was showing him this... He also had seen it, like, maybe twice ever in, like, years ago. And so it just hadn't happened for, like, three years or so and just randomly decided to happen to me in the lead-up to them having their grand, air quotes, reopening of the office, a.k.a. a bunch of people come in on Tuesday, don't wear a mask, spread COVID, and breathe on a bunch of food, and then ask me why I'm not eating the food. And it's like, because I brought my own food, I'm going to eat in my car, and because I don't want to get COVID again, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> and then... Yeah not come back afterwards when they were like oh yeah maybe i'll come back in the office we'll like nope <laughs> no not gonna fucking happen they should have for the free food nothing else they didn't fucking care <laughs> and so it was me being like sitting there on tuesday in particular this week being like i should have definitely just asked to work from home today if i was gonna have to deal with this fucking laptop bullshit at the same time of having to deal with all these people constantly hanging around my desk having full fucking conversations and meanwhile, I'm the only one there wearing a fucking mask, being like, Jesus fucking Christ, people. <laughs> <laughs> I going to clobber everybody with this fucking laptop and hope this laptop breaks and needs to get a new one. <laughs> uh, well, so if, you, if, if the podcast goes, well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't go away for a bit because we still have a bunch of episodes pre-recorded. But if we have to take a few weeks off because I get COVID again from that shit, you know why. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, if we don't have an episode about me talking about Tears of the Kingdom for a bit until after I'm like halfway through that game, that explains it. <laughs> Got that game released yep. in two weeks. Hey, I guess if I get COVID in two weeks after this party, I guess I have a lot of time to sit on my ass at home and play Tears of the Kingdom, right? 
not paid though because <laughs> I'm still not a fucking full employee. They gave my actual like uh, employer gave me a two dollar raise, but that's not the same as actual employment with the company I work for. Not at. <laughs> oh wait, no, other way around. The company <sighs> I work at, not for. So it's like, well, that's something at least. <laughs> but I would like to have actual PTO with paid holidays. But no. <laughs> Fun. That's been yeah. I guess that's really been why my week has been tired because it's like I dealt with that, and then it's just been a bunch of other stuff. Like some of the other people from the team have actually been in the office the last couple of days, and they just never shut the fuck up. And they're always like, "Well, oh, you're being so much quieter than usual." And it's like, yeah, because I'm trying to not go fucking crazy. Also, y'all are still <laughs> around not wearing masks. What the fuck? <laughs> hey. uh, yeah. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. Love it. Also, hey, you know, another part of it is like, because I'm like, there's like 200 people here. If the wrong person mishears me a little bit or looks at me with a little bit too much of a critical eye, you don't know where this might spiral out to. Because, uh, I mean, the team knows I'm a trans person and they're okay with it, but the people writ large in this company fucking don't. <laughs> yeah, that's not super excited to be entering the job market right now i'm going to be honest yeah yeah and at least i had the fortunateness that i've been at this job for almost a year now actually like basically 11 months at this point because i started literally on the last day of may last year right after memorial day at least i like i'm basically at least i'm like inundated even if it does seem at times that they're trying to just oust me in some regard because they I, I only found out recently my one coworker whose job duties I took over, who comes back in like two, uh, uh, not this upcoming Monday, or no, two Mondays from now, is apparently going to be doing different duties. So I'm like, oh, okay, nobody told me about this. So my job security was always up in the air of like, well, if she comes back and they already have this other guy who's doing the mail for, who took away that job from me, the fuck do I do? <laughs> Yeah, it turns out apparently they want her to do something else. I'm like, okay, at least that, at least that assures that as long as I don't piss y'all off, you actually want to keep me around, even if you don't want to actually offer me full employment. Okay, <laughs> at least that's something. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, Xenoblade, that's like cool. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, um, yeah. yeah, it's it's prequel DLC that, I mean, it's prequel DLC, but still after one and two, but uh. Because apparently there's like maybe like a thousand year gap between the events of one and two and three's actual start, <laughs> something like that. And so it's like it's it's kind of the what they do with a lot of DLC. Like they did this previously with uh, Torn of the Golden Country, was the, which was the prequel <laughs> DLC for two, where they changed up the combat system enough that it's like it's like eighty percent the same. There's like little changes to that. Like in that one, like each of the characters only had like two blades compared to some that story blades and then the stupid in-game gasha bullshit to try to get the other ones which was terrible i really hated it and uh <laughs> that was more like you were like switch between the character and their blades to like who was actually act actively fighting compared to just oh it's like one of like five people and then like their weapon wife is hanging out behind them holding a laser beam towards them or whatever <laughs> Look, I swear it sounds weird, but that's Xenoblade 2. Xenoblade 2 is the weird one of Xenoblade. And, I mean, it's it's all Xenoblade. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, like, Xenoblade 1 and 2 are so different than each other, but also there was, like, because uh, I think the original game was, like, a 2010 game on the Wii, and so Xenoblade 2 was a 2017 game on the Switch, and, like, yeah, you have, like, 
Xenoblade X in between those two. It's like the like also kind of weird one of like space with mechs that turn into tanks and stuff and jets <laughs> with dinosaurs. I don't know. <laughs> Xenoblade is fucking strange <laughs> overall, it turns out. But like three is like basically like, okay, how do we cram one and two together and make it make sense? And it's like, well, it still doesn't fully make sense why, and this is not a spoiler because they showed this in the trailer, but like why Shulk and Rex, who are like the main characters of one and two, are party members in the DLC. But they still summon their weapons like everybody else in the world of three, which is to say out of thin air, even though the Minato Replica EX and the Aegis Swords are physical weapons in Settlement 1 and 2. So how did those become what they call blades? I don't know. They still summon them the same way that they used to, because like Shulk still reaches over his back for his sword, even though he just manifests it, and Rex pulls it out from like his waist because he kept the he kept the Aegis Sword in his back in a very weird way, because it was, like, at his waist, horizontally, <laughs> like, but from behind, so, like, I don't know he was, how he was carrying, like, a big sword that way, and now he apparently would be carrying two big swords that way, because they're now larger, and, like, the, <laughs> they called them great swords, they didn't seem like a great sword in one, in uh, Dead Light 2, but maybe it was, and he was just 15 years old, compared to him being, like, a 50-year-old hunky man now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is the other thing, they made they made Shulk and Rex hunky dudes. <laughs> and it's still the funniest thing that like Giga Chad Rex is like the meme from Xenoblade 3 and he's just become even more hunky in the DLC and everybody's like, how did they make this little like he's like the key example of like be careful of who you make fun of in high school kind of meme. <laughs> Uh, like if I could actually find quick pictures of them, I actually want to show you what Rex looked like before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's uh they they took out like the I mentioned this back when I was talking about the uh, something like the originally, but like how they had like the fusion mechanic, the like Ouroboros mecha forms or whatever. They took those out because it's like well this is like a thousand years in the past and Ouroboros technology isn't like fully developed. So it's like more like you're like temporarily summoning like an Ouroboros stand for certain attacks, which is interesting. But uh, it's it's pretty much functions the same way as it did before. But like they replace the uh, what's called the like uh, yeah, it's like th those are basically replaced with like more like Unity attacks. If like you can choose any two characters to be Unity pairings that do like mm -hmm. fill up a meter and then they can do a special attack in the deal. So it's like it's like again like eighty percent of the way to like normal Xenoblade Three combat, but it's also starring like two like well a main character who's like has ties to the main party a thousand years in the future because there's a bunch of bullshit in Xenoblade Three that I'm not gonna spoil, <laughs> and then <laughs> this other character who's like people joked about her being or not, not them because apparently they're actually like exactly non-binary they just never said so in the lead up. But it's like people joked about like, oh, this character is Trans Alvis from Xenoblade 1. And it's like, this character has a certain bit of jewelry on them that alludes to Alvis, but also a character from Xenoblade 2 and uses a Monado, which is what you don't use in Xenoblade 1. So I'm like, is this actually tr literally Trans Alvis? I don't know. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> and then also like two characters that are heavily implied to be the children of Shulk and Rex that were like from their main universes, but they don't know that they might be their dads. And it's like, what the fuck is going on here, Xenoblade? I want answers, and I don't think I'm going to get them fully. <laughs> uh, <laughs> game, this game is dumb and also good. People should play Xenoblade 3 at the least. I know that you get a lot more if you know Xenoblade 1 and 2, but like also, like I said, 2 is a weird one. And like, 
even one is like a little bit outdated even with the definitive edition re-release because like the combat in that one is so much different than two and three because like three's combat is basically like takes some elements of one but it's definitely more heavily like two's combat with like uh having like set abilities <laughs> on like the buttons compared to like Xenoblade one having like eight selectable things that you have to like move the deep uh not move the deep pad you have to move like a cursor with left like with l and r to select so it's a little bit more clunky as a result yeah nah xenoblade <laughs> it's fucking weird i'm only like maybe like seven hours into the dlc i don't know how long it is i think people have said it's a little longer than uh uh torna which i think was like 15 hours of the main story and like 30 or 40 if you wanted to do everything so probably like around the same i'd say yeah, it's it's cool though. They they had a sad moment where, again, not fully spoilers because they show this in the original trailer too. But like they go back to the main town in a sense from Xenoblade One, and you see like Shulk's like childhood friend slash love interest home, and he's like all sad about it because apparently his wife later well, later on wife ain't around anymore, and it's like oh buddy, you miss your wife and your bestie who was her brother. <laughs> But yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this real quick and uh, just general and show you what Rex looked like in two and then what Rex looks like now. So this is dorky ass Rex from Gentle Two. He was 15. He is very anime protagonist, as you can probably tell, right? I'm sorry, but you've just made me completely uninterested in this game. Well, no, no, that was two. That's two. You don't have to worry about two, because this is what Rex looks like now in the DLC. <laughs> I mean, at least he's not wearing the goofy little shorts. Yeah, anymore. the shorts is always weird because that's like a diving outfit. Because like the whole thing is like Zelda Two's world set is like basically set in like what they call the cloud sea, and like there's clearly like an ocean deep down because he like does like deep diving salvage stuff, which is why he also looks like he has a helmet on his back as he does. Which is like I I don't get what the shorts do though because isn't that just the point of able to have decompression happen? <laughs> <laughs> but again, Zelda Link Two is the Zelda Link Two is the weird one. Even though I, Zelda Link Two is just strange because it has such a weird problem with tone at times because it's like it goes so quickly between like dumb, goofy fan service kind of shit and real serious existential crisis stuff with some of the main characters. In terms of like spoilers for Zelda Link Two, I guess the, the two main characters really being like. I want to die because existing for 500 years with a lot of trauma from what I did back then sucks. And it's like, oh boy, <laughs> cool, thanks. And then it's like, but this also like was like 20 minutes sooner they were like, look at boobs. Boobs are cool, right? And it's like, yeah, it's definitely <laughs> too, but also this is weird, cringy anime fan service stuff at times. <laughs> so it's like... Uh, like I said, two is the weirdest one. They clearly wanted to try some different things from one, and I feel like three is still like the best combination of it all. And it's clearly the game they kind of wanted to make for so long. But it's like, yeah, no. If if you if you're still curious about these goofy games, then this is not just to you, to like everybody in listening to us who might not have played A's. Like, it probably at this point would just be better to just look up the story of one and two with their. Uh, the epilogue that they added in Definitive Edition for Xenoblade 1 and Torna to see. Torna really just gives more background of like what actually happened before Xenoblade 2, but it's like, they basically make allusions to it anyway in the story. There's no like major revelations or anything in it. But it's like, yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of stuff that's like helpful to know for Xenoblade 3 because like characters show up, obviously, like I said, Shulk and Rex in the DLC in particular, but like you can pretty much get past a lot of it without knowing as much and just be like, oh, okay, it's these main characters, cool. 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking weird. <laughs> it's it's kind of strange because like I've also heard that there's like some other stuff later on in the story. I don't know specifics, but like people have said that there's like stuff that makes Xenoblade's story starting to sound a little fucking bonkers to, on like almost like a uh, Kingdom Hearts level, but still not nearly as bullshit because Kingdom Hearts has just been around for way longer and also has like. 30 fucking spin-off games. It's, it's like, I remember, like, when uh when we did the most recent Axe Files recording, when I, like, brought and compared something to that, of, like, oh, if you if you just, like, played only the main Kingdom Hearts games, you're like, who the fuck is Ventus? And it's like, I mean, if you don't play a fucking mobile game, you also don't know Ventus has been around, apparently, for, like, a thousand years. And also, still, what the fuck is Ventus's deal? Nobody's really sure still. I'm sure they'll answer in another fucking mobile game. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> This is, see, that's the difference. Kingdom Hearts is the bad, b complicated bullshit. Deadly is the good, complicated bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'll have to take your word for it. Like, I, I don't know. Nothing you've said has been even vaguely interesting to me as a game that I want to play. Yeah, I like, mean, that's fair. I have the conversation? Cool, yes. But as a game, I do not want 40 hours of what you just told me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's the DLC alone. I have like 130 instead of like 3 and I still ain't done instead of like 3 more. Yeah, see? <laughs> <laughs> but that's also because I'm the idiot who will be like, I want to have full map completion. I want to go around and see the side stuff. I want to do all the like the hero story bits that like get their level cap increase and stuff. Because it's just, it's endless. You don't need that. I'm already like fucking like 15 levels above the highest boss I've seen back in like when I played it last. Like every party's like 83. The boss I saw last was like level 60 or something like that. And it's like, all right, get dunked on my guy. <laughs> I did too much side <laughs> stuff apparently. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's a lot. I mean, obviously, also like you have to actually be into like the Japanese RPG kind of way, and I, I'm I'm bored of that stupid conversation of like is it derogatory or racist to say jrpg and it's like no because people know what you mean by jrpg compared to rpg there's a distinct difference <laughs> it's like how like stuff like mass effect is an rpg but you know it, if you say jrpg people know what you mean well, by like mostly like turn-based i mean stuff. the first one is <laughs> like, yeah yeah i guess <laughs> It gets less RPG as time goes on. Bad example, I guess. <laughs> but we call it an RPG, even if it really ain't. <laughs> For the most part. <laughs> was Mass Effect and Dramalin more of an RPG than 3? I thought people said that they at least thought that it was with that regard, right? I mean, 3 is just a straight-up shooter. It's, it's like... Well, yeah, no, but I mean, like, wasn't uh, Andromeda wasn't more of, like, an RPG? Because they got rid of, like, the Paragon Renegade system and then more to, like, be like, this is the Inquisitive sort of, like, response kind of deal, right? Yeah, they, they definitely did move away from the whole Good Shepherd, Evil Shepherd well, thing, yeah, because, so I do appreciate that. that. Dumb. <laughs> uh, you don't think it's cool that one of the options you can be is the, the protagonist in this huge blockbuster rpg is just a racist guy yeah no i don't think that's cool at all 
<laughs> I mean, the jo the air quotes joke people knew about Matswick is, oh, you can punch the reporter in all the games, and it's like she's just doing her job of trying to expose the fact that the Alliance is being shit with people getting killed in the line of duty and isn't responding properly to, like, their families deserving, like, severance or whatever. <laughs> it's like, oh no, how dare this reporter do her job of being a reporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. There's some interesting and f amusing renegade options, especially when they have the renegade interruption too. Like, I mean, who doesn't fucking headbutt the Krogan again to shut up, or like shoot the pipe near the other Krogan who's like, "Ha! The human cannot hit a simple target." Then Shepard shoots again because it was a gas pipe to make the guy explode. <laughs> I don't know. I particularly enjoy kicking that one guy out. Oh, window. yeah. Like, yeah, I have nothing more to say to you. Well, how about goodbye? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> or like the whole you're working too hard, like electrical tool to the back. <laughs> like, th there's amusing ones. But also, I feel like that's because it's like for the, like, the comedic purpose of it a little bit of like Shepard pats a guy in the back, but actually has a fucking like electric repair tool. And he just zaps the guy with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you're not playing as Evil Shepard, you don't get the best line in the entire series. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if you're playing as Evil Shepard, Evil Shepard also call, like has a bit where they refer to Tally as that thing in the air quotes. Yeah, that, yeah. That's fucking bad. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not wrong. But on the other hand, just the worst voice acting possible. Well, yeah, because, like, I mean... If we're going based on the preview, Mark Muir can't really do Mean Shepherd very well. <laughs> like, I, I think I, the difference is that, like, I never really played Mass Effect as female Shepherd. Like, all of it I was playing Dude Shep, I guess, in a sense. So, I'm like, I'm not as familiar with Jennifer Hale if she was able to actually do, like, Asshole Shepherd as well. <laughs> like, Mark Muir didn't seem like he was really able to, like, do Jerk Shepherd as much, I think. Just from my recollection. It's It's been, like, a decade since I played those games. <laughs> Because it turns out it's been a decade since the series ended. Yeah, well. Well, ended in air cuts if Mass Effect 4 actually does release. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Either way, um, uh, it's like half an hour. Do you think it's time to uh, get on the train? Yeah, we should probably get on the train. I, I talked about Xenolade enough <laughs> again. <laughs> I'm sure next. Yeah, like... I'm sure next week I'll probably have more to say as I get farther. Cause like that probably. I mean, I know that there's like some optional stuff, but it doesn't seem like it's nearly as large of a world compared to the world in three. Thank God. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. So I'll, pro I'll probably be closer, or if not like fully finished with it by that point, maybe. <laughs> depending uh, yeah I don't know the only other thing I've done this week is research uh, where to get tattoos in London Ontario so don't worry about it it's fine it's... yeah I definitely just found the one with the most goth name possible so <laughs> yeah I basically like I, I think I'm kind of still waiting to get my freaking tax return because I'm like is my tax return really just gonna become tattoo and ear piercings I think it might <laughs> Because, <laughs> like, one of my friends just recently got their ears pierced, and it's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very goth name you just posted, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, no, so. I just wanted to give myself a graduation present, and why yeah. not something that I will never ever lose? Yeah, fair. 
unless there's a horrible accident and my arm gets chopped off. But other than that, yeah, you know, like uh, you know, barring that, <laughs> barring uh, uh, I once said decapitation, barring dismemberment. <laughs> oh well, you know how it is. Ten years from now, it'll be a gender affirming surgery to have your arms get off. <laughs> is it? Is it going to be replaced with anything? <laughs> Eh, maybe. <laughs> more, more, Just a pen. Top off your arm and you replace it with more boobs. <laughs> <laughs> Just become Tempting. becoming the biblically accurate boob monster that you're always meant to be. <laughs> Just like a raspberry. <laughs> <laughs> but every bump is a titty. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to see if I can actually find the because uh, I definitely had seen a picture on Twitter of biblically accurate boob angel or whatever, and it was just literally that. <laughs> I'm gonna have to see if I can find that again. <laughs> but um, yes. So, <laughs> uh, Infinity Train, teenagers. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, teenagers. You speak my language now, Xenoblade. That's all teenagers. <laughs> Except Jelk um, and Rex. Yes. Not one horrifying breast monster in the lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, so my episode today is uh, book two, episode three, The Map Car. And we open with our uh, little squad of, you know, MT and Jesse and Alan Dracula exiting the green car as MT explains the whole number system to Jesse. Since they've seen it before, they know that all you have to do is just be like introspective or whatever and learn stuff and then you're good to go and uh, jesse does try to take notes but the only paper he has is a receipt from the gas and dog gas station which i would not go to for hot dogs yeah, i'll tell no, you that much yeah i mean i don't i don't go to any gas station for hot dogs to be fair <laughs> they're always those nasty terrible ones that are like rolling for hours on that Ah, well, somebody's never been to a Bucky's. Uh, I don't. Uh, is Bucky's like a regional gas station? Uh, I don't think it's. It kind of is. It's the pride of the great state of Texas, but it's been expanding across the South, so I think it's. Oh, uh, okay. Like, I know they're in Florida now. Oh, okay. I definitely have seen this because I Googled it thinking it was like Buck is in with a K. I didn't realize it's Buck E's and it's that little gopher. Yep. I definitely have seen this gopher before. <laughs> it's a beaver. Oh, okay. It looked like a gopher to me based on this. No, I mean, they just, that's that's one of their slogans. They straight up sell shirts that say it's a beaver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fair. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, I'm looking at uh, Google Maps just on this. The most north one I see is in Kentucky and that's it. Like, it's basically, like, the tracks, yeah, yeah, there's, like, none to the west of Texas. It's, like, Texas, Kentucky, Alabama, what if I can say this, that, <laughs> uh, Georgia, <laughs> and Florida are, like, the only ones it looks like it's in. It, it's kind of like a, one of those, like, weird regional ones, I guess, because it's, like, I mean, I, I, grew, I grew up in uh, on Long Island, and, like, I just thought that, like, everybody knew what 7-Eleven was. Apparently, no, because 7-Eleven is also, like, <laughs> regional, and it's, like, what? You don't get free circuit day on 7-Eleven? And like i think that was like in particular with my uh one of my dne friends who grew up in virginia it's like you don't know about 7-eleven and freeze slurpee day what okay yeah. yeah the point is uh bucky's is uh it's texas monument to hedonism it's a gas station 
but each and every one of them is roughly the size of a super Walmart, and they have actually oh, okay food. Oh boy, that's that's large for a gas station. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 a big gas station. There's like uh -huh. that's like twenty pumps. <laughs> that's only one side. There's usually three or four of those. <laughs> things are bigger in texas they're not kidding mm. well i mean it's... i guess you also have higher uh much larger egos with your uh senators and stuff too <laughs> hey <laughs> fuck her <I> got it. <laughs> yeah that um, really does look like that's just a walmart <laughs> yeah, yeah it really does <laughs> It's, uh, listen, Texas has a lot of things that are questionable, maybe, but you'll never get in the way of our dedication to rampant exceptionalism. <laughs> Man. <laughs> and to be clear, I don't even really like Bucky's. It's just, like, it's, it's, how do I put this? It is a good place to get a good hot dog when you are on the road for six hours, because that's how long it takes to drive to the next city. Uh, yeah, I guess at that point it's like, well, what's the fucking option besides Bucky's? I guess. Yeah. You really? They like yeah. I, I I'm looking at like this like about website now, and like the the mascot of Bucky really looks like uh, Cosmo from Knobles. <laughs> Let me find a picture of Cosmo for you. <laughs> uh, I actually don't know what kind of animal Cosmo is. <laughs> I, think, I think he's like a bobcat or something? He's, he's something. <laughs> oh, Knobles, stop bringing me to your website. I want the picture of just Cosmo. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what that is. Yeah, I, I, okay, so you just looked it up yourself. Okay, yeah, I think... I think, yeah. I'm, I think he is like... <laughs> just googling Cosmo, what is he? <laughs> I think I need to be more specific <laughs> and actually say Knobbles. Uh, what the fuck is Cosmo? <laughs> Keep going, I'm gonna look this up. Some kind of almost looks like a bear. A, a, they say beaver? That's a beaver? That's what they well... say. What? Wait, wait, okay. wait. What animal is Knobles' mascot? Raccoon. The tale of how Knobles' beloved mascots first met. Uh, there is a. I don't. There is. No, there. Well, that's right, Dexter the Raccoon. Yeah, the, but there. From what I'm seeing. Yeah, there here. are like multiple mascots. Cosmo's the main one. There is definitely a raccoon because I'm seeing his name. It's Dexter, and I do remember that. Because, like. Yeah. Yeah, they actually rescued the injured raccoon and made him, like, another mascot. But, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. But, like, what the fuck is Cosmo? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I was pretty sure I heard he was called like a. Uh, I'm forgetting now that he called him. <laughs> uh, I don't know what a woodchuck. Like something like that. <laughs> I'm looking. Wait, this is this is a plushie. It doesn't specify what kind of animal though. <laughs> <laughs> it says the stuffed soft toy is made for hugging. It looks like Arkanoble's park character, and it's like, but what the fuck is Cosmo? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tell wonderful. me what this fucking animal is. <laughs> uh, 
keep go- keep going. I'm gonna look this, this up. This is. We have stumbled on. We got like we got like five seconds into the episode <laughs> before we immediately sidetracked with gas stations and Knobles amusement park. <laughs> You know what? I'm gonna be honest. I kind of hate that Dexter the Raccoon wears shoes, but Cosmo doesn't. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those like, oh, why does Goofy wear pants, but uh, Pluto doesn't? Why is Pluto not a yep. sentient? Apparently. <laughs> uh, um. Yes. Uh. Gas and dog. Uh, anyway, so uh, Jesse has this receipt because like at the they, they never actually had money for real food at the gas and dogs so what happens is is he and his brother nate they always go halvesies on the uh, zesty nacho supreme platter and then you know uh, they he has this digression very much like we were just doing <laughs> but mt uh, just interrupts and shuts him down and they get to the next door and they make jesse open it because you know it's his journey so he should learn the lesson and i guess that means opening all the doors and they find themselves in what is basically a gigantic real-world rendering of a 1500s-era map, which seems very cool at first, until Jesse just gets sucked into the air by a giant winged baby head who barfs a smaller map for him. It really is a weird baby uh, head. Also, breaking news, Cosmo's a chipmunk. I found it on our website. <laughs> Knoebel's, no, Knoebel's Amusement Resort Quick Facts from Knoebel's itself. They called Dexter Raccoon. There's apparently another one called Piper is a Red Fox. Creeper is a Halloween character that they only have around Halloween. And Cosmo, according to them, is a chipmunk. No, he's not. That's, what the, that's, that's not what chipmunks look like. That's what the like. fucking website says. They have tails. <laughs> not this one. He got chopped off. I don't know. It's, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like a rivet situation of like people thinking rivet is trans because uh, apparently only male lawn boxes have tails. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I yeah, know what that, chipmunks look like. <laughs> yeah, that's not a chipmunk. That's what they say. <laughs> well, they're lying. <laughs> Except they aren't. There, look. I just linked the fucking global general fact sheet for you to peruse as well. <laughs> Park mascot near the bottom. Cosmo in parentheses. Chipmunk. Boom. <laughs> This is not true. That's what they fucking say. It's their park. They can do what they want. Yeah, well, they don't even name what Creeper is. They just say Halloween character. This is very clearly unreliable. (laughs) Also, I think it's very suspicious that their Cosmo is spelled with a Uh K-O-Z. But he's probably named after the Cosmotron, which is spelled with a C-O-S. Like, why? <laughs> because Knobles can do whatever the fuck they want. <laughs> Knobles is not a theme park I trust. <laughs> They're dedicated to linguistic anarchy. <laughs> and oh. Linguistic and taxonomical. Eh... <laughs> uh. This episode definitely has to be called, like, a discussion about Knobles or Cosmo, right? (laughs) Uh, We'll we'll figure it out. Everybody add us on Twitter, look up Cosmo, tell us if you think he's a chipmunk or not. (laughs) Add us weirdos, Cass. Also, Knobles is definitely not spelled the way you think it is. (laughs) No, that's why you pronounce it as Knobles, because, like, the K isn't silent for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, it's still not pronounced the way you think it is. No, um, it really isn't. <laughs> uh, 
Like you'd think it would be but, like noble, like you know, like a noble knight. No, there's a there's an E after that though, for some reason. <laughs> I think it's because it's like the family last name. I'm sure it is. I think that's the case. That's like I can't imagine why else they would call it that. Like that's not a word. Yeah. They have like a big like uh section but yes uh opens july 4th 1926 by the knoble family so yeah it makes sense yeah because like they have like uh certain areas like one of them is like the history of like uh like the like whole like overall larger like allentown like coal business they have like a coal museum on site and stuff with that and they also have one of like here's like the lineage of like the knoble family that like, goes across multiple walls that like points out like when certain members of their family were born and like when like certain amusement park attractions open and stuff that's uh, I, I just it it's, feels it's... a little sus to me that it's a theme park with uh, like a family tree bloodline on their website <laughs> well not on the website they like an actual building on site they, they they like yeah that's worse. I mean they have I mean they have other stuff there too that's more like historic stuff like they have like a like a um old uh, carousel horse museum uh museum on site too. I mean that's fine. I just anyone who is dedicated to the public display of genealogy is immediately oh, it's, gonna it's, raise some it's questions. Not, it's not like a big family tree or anything. It's just like a timeline of like here's when the park opened and then like looking back to be like when like the family members opened the park like were born or something like that like on there it like mentions like here's the big (laughs) flood back in 2006 that like the entire park was like 20 meet like 20 feet underwater or whatever (laughs) because pennsylvania just (laughs) up in the mountains and stuff sometimes it just floods a lot i guess (laughs) or maybe it's more like i think it's i know i think it almost like in the valley maybe that's why I still don't like we, it. We fine. talked more about Knobles than we have in Vinny Train. <laughs> yes, I am aware. I went there a lot as a kid. We went there every summer when we went camping. Yeah, well, it's it's a scheme. <laughs> it's a uh, music park that you don't get have to pay to get in. You pay per ride. It's like one of the few in the country that does that still. You can just go there for an. A- That's even. You can go there for. An- that is also a scheme. No, you can go there for like an afternoon, ride a few things, get their really good pierogies and Burt's beer, and then leave. Like you, know, you can be there for like three hours. You don't even pay for parking. Like in those cases, it's like we're paying like what twenty dollars most for like a book of the tickets, and that's it. And like, not not much money for the food. Yeah, that's definitely a scheme. No, it isn't. <laughs> Listen, running theme park rides is expensive. If you're only charging twenty bucks a ticket, there is something going no, on. No, they are brainwashing no, it's, it's, people it's, or uh, something. It's the book of tickets because it's like the like the uh, big roller coaster there. The Phoenix is like two fifty from last I remember the ride. So you use like two fifty uh, worth of the ticket book. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, it costs more than that to run an amusement park. They are subconsciously inserting messages into people's heads or something. This is a totally spies plot. <laughs> the totally spies having to fight fucking Cosmo as he shoots lasers out of his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's totally spies. Obviously, one of them gets captured and brainwashed into being in the Cosmo suit. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, either way, uh, big giant floating baby head. Uh... He's... So this thing is... He's like the, the the 
anthropomorphic illustrations of the North Wind on 1500s-era maps. Mm -hmm. And he's just bright and cheery, and he's thrilled to have him there, because, you know, he's been here alone for a long time, and he hasn't had an explorer in a while. And the way he uh, greets his explorers is by, without saying a word, just opening his mouth and immediately barfing a map on them. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) Yeah, there's something really weird going on with this cloud guy that I don't really like. (laughs) I mean, I guess admittedly he hasn't got thumbs, so... (laughs) I guess. I could also keep the map, I guess, besides inside his mouth. Uh, yes, um, not a fan of this dude's whole deal, but at least he's friendly. Um, while he's got Jesse just sort of suspended in the air, MT mostly just wants to know if Jesse had learned anything, and since it doesn't, you know, learning Marcel's name didn't make his name, number go down, that doesn't count, so whatever, keep learning. And... Yeah, Marcel's actually really jazzed that they're here because, like, there's... We look around now, and this this map thing that they're standing on is just bordered by the endless, unblinking void. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, there's just a ton of unmapped territory, so now that there's explorers here, we can map it out, and it's great. And, yeah. (laughs) You know, it'll be great for Jesse and... And, and, and the yelling person, and Marcel, and mostly just Marcel, but I didn't say that, don't worry about it. Um, MT asks Marcel if you're just going to keep Jesse up in the air, because if so, they are just going to leave with the deer, which, understandable. <laughs> but no, when they ask that, he puts Jesse back down, and then when MT tries to take the map, they get electrocuted, so apparently they are somehow vulnerable to being electrocuted. I don't get it. <laughs> um... Yeah, MT MT's Where's... playing like a weird fan game where it's like it's all inverse battles because uh, steel is apparently weak to electric and also later on water. <laughs> well, it's not just that, but like setting aside Pokemon logic, if we may be so bold, MT's body is made of metal, so yeah, it should conduct electricity, but it doesn't usually like. Running electric current through steel doesn't mess up the steel, you know? It yeah. just transfers it to whatever the steel is touching. But, like, we have established that, like, MT clearly does have something resembling organs, because, like, how else would they be able to, like, generate saliva to drool or need to sleep? <laughs> well, yes, that is true, but to the best of our knowledge, they are entirely made of metal, as they have claimed. <laughs> So, whatever their organs are, presumably those are also made of metal. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're going to get any answers about uh, MT's biology in this. There's... Listen, all we have to do is wait for the vivisection car. And then... <laughs> yeah, Principal Bump and Amity Blight are in there. <laughs> uh, good times. I don't, think it, I don't think Bump's dagger is really going to do much to make an incision on MT. <laughs> I wouldn't think so, but they're apparently vulnerable to weird stuff. Yeah, maybe. Steel being weak to itself, the weirdest uh, Pokemon typing. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so either way, Jesse has to carry the map because he doesn't get electrocuted by it. Marcel's explanation is that there can only be one explorer at a time, and that he doesn't make the rules, so don't worry about it. (laughs) 
I really don't know what this is. Yeah, I, 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 I don't get Marcel's deal at all in this episode, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so there is a very obvious path on the map. It's just a dotted line that leads to an X, which, when they see it on the map that they're carrying, appears on the real-life one. But uh, MT basically says that this isn't good enough, because if Jesse's going to learn anything, then following the line is useless. It might get you where you want to go, but it's not going to teach you anything. So instead, they make him climb over the mountains, and they are only like four feet tall. They're not huge, but it's still... <laughs> yeah, like, props to the team that decided to actually make this episode with uh, the way, the very different art style of, like, the map terrain and stuff. And, like, oh, yeah. how, like certain Absolutely. things, like, the water goes at, like, 3 FPS instead of the rest of the show or whatever. <laughs> to like indicate that it's actually being like hand drawn or something but yeah it's like I, I get the point is like you know find your own way forward is the moral lesson but like you also have the easy way to go here rather than potentially falling and breaking an ankle and trying to climb over these little mountains <laughs> well i mean the moral lesson here it, i wouldn't say there really even is one when you get down to it it's a thing that jesse learns about himself but yeah specifically he's just jumping from one foot to the other across a series of tiny mountains and eventually falls off and definitely injures himself. But when he falls off, uh, he finds another map piece and bringing them together, the pieces just sort of fuse together magically. And when they do, a whole new area of the big map opens up, which is very cool. But Jesse's number actually goes up for some reason. Breaking news, uh, our friend M. Healy at M. of Healy on Twitter agrees that Cosmo is a chipmunk. So therefore, you're outnumbered, friendo. <laughs> because Listen, I, I have science on my side. I, well, I posted on the Twitter asking for the listeners to clarify is Cosmo's a chipmunk as the park says. And M. Healy says, I'm sure. <laughs> So, yeah, that's that is not go. agreement. Nope, nope, that's agreement. <laughs> they, they, that is definitely not they agreement. They said so in the affirmative. Just because there's a question mark does not mean it's not affirmative. <laughs> a question mark specifically means it's not affirmative. Too late. <laughs> that is doubt. <laughs> Cosmo is a chipmunk. Deal with it. <laughs> Cosmo remains not a chipmunk. <laughs> Me trying to find one of the Knobles family's email addresses and email with the podcast. Uh, email being like... Cosmo is a groundhog at best. Nope, chipmunk. The site says so. You know you can say anything on the internet, right? Yeah, but that's their... I, that's kind of that our is their brochure for their park. <laughs> That is, to, yes, and? that is to give people a heads up of what kind of creature Cosmos is, or Cosmo is because it's going to come up in conversation like today of like, what the fuck is Cosmo? <laughs> He's a chipmunk. I don't think that that, like, the fact that it's something that's on their website only gives it more incentive for it to be a lie. <laughs> if they put that in more places... If it was on the plushes, maybe, but the fact that it's only on a thing that you have to specifically dig for and isn't generally available, like, that is secret information, and that makes it suspicious. <laughs> hey. 
Like, Babyland General Hospital doesn't have a thing on their website saying, actually, they're chipmunks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but but also, Alvin and the chipmunks are chipmunks, but they don't have tails. So there you go. Yes, well, I've had issues so with that So there you well. go. <laughs> There's precedent <laughs> for fictitious i don't say mythological there's, <laughs> there's evidence here for multiple fictitious chipmunks not having tails also chip and dale don't have tails and they're the rescue rangers they're chipmunks too <laughs> yes but as established by canon chip and dale get plastic surgery so it's fine that's that's according to the canon the bad half cgi movie <laughs> Anyway, I don't know why you're relying on Elvin and the Chipmunks for, like, chipmunk philology when they look like this. Uh, no, that's... No, I hate this. What is this picture? Uh-huh, yeah. Not a chipmunk. No, that is a human baby. <laughs> With slightly buck teeth and a little bit of hair going down from the nose... Uh, going up from the nose, and that's it. I guess there's like slight... Anyways, this other image clearly establishes they do in fact have tails. Well, that's so... also again the CGI stuff. I mean like OG Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> Listen, you want to bring brands into it? I'm using the brands. <laughs> Look, clearly no tails. Meanwhile, everybody else that's in our Discord is like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> seeing... No, that's. Not... <laughs> You cannot say that they don't have tails. They are all wearing ankle-length dresses. Yeah, no tails. That would not poke through that. No, it wouldn't. So you would need. It would, you would be need, right you up would in there. A, you you would have need, no way of knowing. You can't say that they don't have them. You would, you would, you would, you would need them. a tail hole. This conversation. Not this if you kept your tail inside your dress. Just like to point out, our group chat here started with me pic posting pictures of Rex, and it's ending up with gifts of Alvin and the Chipmunks. <laughs> the Chipmunks very clearly do have tails, which establishes that apparently Cosmo is a boy, and apparently only girl Chipmunks have tails. So therefore, clearly, uh, I, Cosmo is either trans or was born a guy. <laughs> it establishes that Cosmo isn't a Chipmunk. <laughs> Besides, he's got no stripes. So? <laughs> oh, no, wait, wait, okay. Uh, Aurora Borealis also chimes in, chimes in saying, that's a fucking hamster. Alright, <laughs> 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 how could you? <laughs> I am validated. We'll keep the chipmunk should... tally going throughout the episode, I guess. <laughs> Alright, but yes... But also, I think we should probably stop yelling about chipmunks. <laughs> oh, these are, you know, these are chipmunks if we're going to stop yelling about chipmunks. <laughs> yelling that something is not a chipmunk is still yelling about chipmunks. <laughs> Regardless, uh, oh, I forgot where we were. We've now talked about more about Alvin and chipmunks than we have about this episode. <laughs> yes. Um... <laughs> I lost my place in the episode because I got so mad about chipmunks. <laughs> um, okay. Um, so Jesse adds this new map piece, and it sort of just uh, expands the real-world map, too. It's pretty cool. You know, I love it when you are procedurally generating the world that you are literally walking through. But uh, this causes Jesse's number to go up for some reason, and MT gets pretty upset about this, telling Jesse that he is a trash hand. 
And then we get a shot of them, like, walking through the forest and asking what his problems are. And this forest is very, like... If y'all watched the, the Raggedy Ann and Andy special that we did at Christmas, the Christmas tree forests that they run into, they're, like, four feet tall. It's ridiculously small trees. <laughs> Alexander Graham Wolf would absolutely get glipsticked if he tried to hide in here. Um... But Jesse tells a story about this one time when his friend said that they didn't like celery, so Jesse took it, and the lunch lady saw Jesse taking the celery and decided that he was wasting celery somehow, question mark, and made him eat like 30 more pieces of celery, and MT very rightly points out that this is extremely the lunch lady's problem and not his, which leads to Jesse wondering if Mrs. Graham is on the train, and the answer is yes, she is. Yeah. That's the lady that MT watched wake up a couple episodes yeah, ago. Yeah, we, we saw her way back then. She was the one getting the uh, orientation by one one. Yep. yep. But that's irrelevant. We're never going to talk about her again. <laughs> Except insofar as to say, how is not throwing away celery and eating someone else's wasting it? What is wrong with her? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, look, she, I mean, she's on the train for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> How is forcing a child to eat 30 instances of this food that you don't pay for here at the school employee not wasting it? <sighs> anyway, um. Yeah, so while they're talking about this though, Alan Dracula has shrunk down and found a tiny treasure chest in which is another piece of the map. So. You know, he's, he's like three inches tall and somehow got this chest open. It's not really... We don't see this happen, but he definitely opened the treasure chest, so presumably he may have grown hands. This is probably a thing he can do. Perfectly normal deer and... behavior. Exactly. All deer do this. Um, actually, I mean, Cosmo might be a deer. <laughs> it would be no, normal look, deer behavior look. to look like that. If you look at the picture I posted last, which is also official art of Cosmo, he has a tail. Therefore, yes, yeah, so do hamsters. Therefore, <laughs> fucking he's a chipmunk. <laughs> yeah, that's not what chipmunk tails look like. Yeah, but also chipmunks don't stand on their hind feet, so you know. <laughs> you gonna argue now? Melvin clearly you, does. You gonna argue next that Cosmo is a gerboa since he stands on two feet? <laughs> I mean, no, the leg structure is entirely different. Exactly. <laughs> we agree on that, at least. Cosmo is not a Gervoa. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man, that just, that just reminds me of the really great fan Pokemon Gervolta from Pokemon Uranium. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, honestly, I think Deer is probably our best candidate here, given He's clearly the way we've seen Alan Dracula transform. He doesn't have hooves. <laughs> and... Most deer don't have ping-pong paddles for faces, and yet... Yeah, and yet, this is a perfectly normal, everyday deer. Just, just yeah, so, so this could just be just, a normal, everyday deer who's standing upright without hooves. It just so happens that most deer don't have ping-pong heads. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> See, in this case, I uh, didn't bring it back to Cosmo, listener. Listeners, I swear we're not high. This is just what's <laughs> happening tonight. Yeah, it's just a weird energy episode. Um. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, so uh, Ellen Dracula has retrieved this map somehow, and is just chewing on it. And like, he's constantly being electrocuted, but doesn't seem that bothered by it. Though he also doesn't resist when Jesse takes it out of his mouth. 
So Jesse asks it, Marcel, who I will say at this point, he's just been like following them around in the sky. Uh, and he asks if it's okay that this map has deer spit on it. And Marcel thinks that's probably just fine because the main part of the map had his spit on it. So it's great. Actually, it's better that it has spit on it. That's perfect. Um, but yeah, it fuses to the other parts of the map just fine, revealing a, a sort of an ocean and an island in the distance with some mermaids, which freaks MT out big time because, you know, ocean water, reflection, cops. But it turns out that because this whole place is like a line drawing, it's cool, no worries, there's no reflections. So they just kind of walk into the ocean and then come back for some reason. I, I don't really know what their plan here was, but my, my, I'm guessing, maybe, that they planned to just like walk out to the island along the base of the ocean, but forgot that they couldn't breathe underwater. Because... They're not, like, they're definitely not trying to swim. They're just straight up walking into the ocean, mm -hmm. so I don't know what they think they're doing here. <laughs> but, yeah, the, the, basically, they get back on shore, and Jesse immediately just ditches his coat and dives into the water, and he does a weird, like, sort of floppy stroke, and then he gets there. It, it takes him maybe 20 seconds to swim over there, because the island is actually super close, and the mermaids are just tiny. It's not a perspective <laughs> trick. Um, MT encourages him to share his feelings with them, but by the time they're done yelling at him, he's already back with the map fragment, and he passes on the message that the mermaids think that MT's hair is cool, and they just get all flustered and blushy, which I guess indicates that they'd probably have blood if their cheeks turn red when they blush, but I don't know. Either way, lesbian activities. Yeah, it's um, fuck regardless of what's going on that, make, that allows MT to blush. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And regardless of what their uh, gender is, I mean. <laughs> um, adding the new map piece just opens up more ocean, though, and MT asks Marcel if there's a door coming up soon, and he says, yeah, of course, obviously there is. They've just had pretty bad luck in the, the pieces they found, so the good news is there's a boat, so they can just uh, sail across the ocean, and surely there will be a piece with a door soon. They take off, and he's, like, blowing winds to push them along, so he is doing his job there, I guess, as uh, MT just asks Jesse what was up with him jumping in the water like that. Uh, he says that he was on the swim team back home, and the stroke he was doing is the butterfly. It doesn't... It's weird, because it doesn't look a lot like the butterfly, but also we don't see all of him, and also it's a cartoon, so I'm just going to take his word for it on that yeah. one. Um also, to be fair, like when it came to me swimming, my swimming style was flail about and hope you don't drown. <laughs> so I can't really judge one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I haven't been swimming since like 2013. <laughs> there would be uh, certain situations that I don't think it would uh, be a little complicated these days, I think. <laughs> That's what I'm getting at. <laughs> It's fine. I mean, it's I it's know. really more that I would have to be in a situation that I know what I would be safe in compared to just like going to some rando pool that's like open to the public. I guess. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Yours truly got the lifeguarding merit badge back in the day. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yours truly dove to the bottom of a lake, like a lake lake, and retrieved two gallon jugs full of concrete to bring them back up to the surface. Oh boy. <laughs> was only supposed to find one, but I found a second one on the bottom, and I said, well, I'm not going to let this opportunity slide. i got to prove how good I am at lifeguarding. 
by saving apparently another kid from drowning. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, the I mean, the obviously the jugs are not the size of a kid, but they're heavy as heck. So the objective is to prove that you can yeah, swim yeah. while carrying the thing. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah. Did you get? Did you unlock like the special hidden version of the the merit badge? Since you found the hidden uh, kid, essentially. Uh, no, the instructor told me that I was an idiot for doing that. <laughs> but, but instructor, clearly he's drowning. <laughs> I had to do something. Uh, <laughs> the instructor's but, being um, like, "No, one's enough. <laughs> the ah. other one can figure out what to do." The fucking Joran jawbreaker of uh, swim instructors apparently being like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> TBH, I don't think he knew it was down there. I think they just lost it at some point in the past and happened to bump into it. <laughs> but yeah, uh, so Jesse talks about his swimming team, and then MT just kind of ribs him about how his favorite swimming style is a big, weird, goofy-looking butterfly one. But the thing is, uh, he didn't really like it's not his favorite it was just he was the only person on the team who could kind of a little bit do it and so the team just decided he should that's where he should compete and he did and mt is pretty confused by this because like why would you go to competition in a thing you didn't like doing but actually uh he didn't even go to the competition like he really wanted to but the team decided that he should stay behind because too many other people qualified so they said he should stay behind and he did and yeah, uh, like mostly what he wants is to swim freestyle because it makes sense to him more, but eh, he just it hasn't. They told him to do the butterfly and he does that. <laughs> but yeah, it's he realizes saying out loud that this isn't probably great for him, but this is enough to drop his number by two so that they conclude that he just needs to talk about sports more. Uh, yeah, uh, not clearly that uh, he has to actually assert himself as an individual rather than just doing what people tell him. <laughs> uh-huh, yep. <laughs> so, now that he's made this breakthrough, MT asks Marcel if they can, like, wrap things up, but he just kind of ignores them and keeps on blowing until they pass Mermaid Island again. And uh, MT just keeps yelling at him. They're heaping abuse because, you know, maybe they're a big brain genius, but if there's one thing they're good at, it's uh, screaming obscenities at a cloud. Uh <laughs> it's real big uh, Denji and Power thinking that they actually have studied something and then getting their asses completely destroyed by that instructor guy. <laughs> like them putting on glasses and being like, this makes us much smarter, and then they get fucking stabbed in the head, but they don't die because they're demons and stuff. <laughs> I don't actually know what this dude's plan is here, because he's just got them going yeah, in circles. Yeah, I don't really and... know Marcel's deal either, I'll be honest. Well, because, like, he eventually breaks, right? And he comes down and starts shouting that they don't know anything about what he's doing, because he's nice and fun and helping, and they don't ever have to be finished exploring. And it just major, like, stalker vibes. He is extremely possessive of these people. Mm -hmm. And his whole deal is that he loves the exploration process, and he wants to watch people keep exploring forever and ever and ever and ever. And this this car, this world, is potentially infinite. As long as they keep finding map pieces, it'll keep getting bigger. So he just wants them to explore forever. And that makes sense to me, right? 
But the thing is, he's just been blowing them around in circles, and that I don't get. Because if you want to keep them going, you need to push them to a map piece eventually. <laughs> yeah, like, eventually they're gonna, like, I mean, it didn't take them very long to figure out that they're just going in circles, because they're like, that's the same island with three little... Yeah, like, three mermaids. minutes tops. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is not an actual plan, my guy. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm sorry, my PC can't load this many chunks in Minecraft. We need to stay in this one zone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the rate can only take so much of a hit. <laughs> yeah, uh, so now that they've had this fight, he blows up a storm, which just cracks this boat in half. And I say boat, but it is a compass with a mast on it. I should have mentioned that earlier. And this uh, sends Alan Dracula and MT one way, and Jesse the other. He asks MT for help, because they've been telling him what to do this whole time. But uh, MT just doesn't know what to do. Uh, they're they're kind of panicking because they can't get in the water and they don't really know what they're doing here. So Jesse realizes that if Marcel doesn't want the map completed, that they have to do that. Which I see the logic, I guess. But Marcel just told you you can keep making the map bigger forever and that's what he explicitly wants. So I don't know. Um... Anyway, he uh, he asks MT for paper, but the only thing they have on them is the wanted poster that they're not willing to show him yet. So he pulls out the gas and dogs receipt from earlier and draws a door on it. But Marcel, seeing this, blows it away. It lands on Mermaid Island. And uh, then Jesse draws a sea monster real quick on the map, which appears in real life to start attacking Marcel. And then dives into the water after the door. Uh, the, the scrap of paper with a door yeah. drawn on it. Um he tries the butterfly at first, but it just doesn't stick with him. And he switches to the overhand crawl, which I guess you can do in freestyle. And that lets him catch the door scrap and put it into his map, at which point the ocean is replaced with forest as the line drawings become real. There's still, like, water there, but suddenly there is a forest right here. It, it's just... it's not an endless ocean anymore. Um... Anyway, uh, Marcel is suddenly dissipated because when translated into the real world, he is just wind. So Jesse did a murder. And... <laughs> Damn. You need to add Jesse <laughs> to the X-Files murder count. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, that puts him at... He's in dead last, but <laughs> he's on the board. Um, well, no, technically M uh, MT, Tulip, 1-1, one, one, uh, Atticus, and Alan Dracula are all tied for last at zero. <laughs> I mean, they're not on the board, so they're not tied for anything. <laughs> you gotta score a point to be on the game. Uh, <laughs> so Jesse swims back out to um, Mirror Tulip on their half of the boat, and climbs up there, and this drops his number by another three. There's a brief moment here where MT is about to thank him for saving them, but they just can't quite make it over that hill, and so they pin it on Alan Dracula and say he was thanking him. Uh, but as they have this little moment of peace, and sort of grace even, MT happens to look in the water and realizes that it's real water now. So the mirror cops burst out of the ocean to confront them, and credits, that's the end. You also did, uh, just briefly forgot to mention that Alan Jacket basically was spinning his head around like a propeller just in midair throughout most of that on the boat. <laughs> I didn't forget to mention it, I just well, didn't it write it down it because it yeah, didn't seem important. Like it comes up in the next episode, <laughs> is the thing. 
Because really. they use that. <laughs> they mention it. They use, but... No, they use it to get away. <laughs> I mean, he's just spinning. It, it's doing, not a thing. He's doing his own thing, but he's useful because they're going to use him as a propeller. <laughs> But yeah, no. I mean, I, that that'll yeah, come up. In, that'll come up early on in my descriptor for the episode. But what were you gonna say? Yeah, I don't know. I just like it's weird. It, it is a little <laughs> bit of a strange episode. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it ends in a really weird place too. Like, I get the cliffhanger, but it just kind of shows up out of nowhere and. Okay, boom! The cops are here, and that's the end of the episode. Yeah. Like, I do at least, it's I do at strange. least, I do at least kind of like that these uh, episode pairings have kind of been like direct sequels to each other in a sense because it's like that's true. Yeah, because yeah. like I mean, like in the previous time, like aside from the bit at the black market car, like the entirety of it plus the following episode was the the family tree car, and now this one is like we're gonna leave the map car immediately, but it's gonna lead directly from this <laughs> of like oh fuck the cops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think I had something else, but I've forgotten it. So, uh, yeah. And so, of course, you can find our show at Us Weirdos. No. Wow. I am very bad at today. Uh, Patreon.com slash Us Weirdos Cast, where you can get our other show, The Axe Files. Um, we're recording through Book 5 right now, and it's a trip. <laughs> yeah, we finally actually get some insight on who Marco is as a person besides kind of a jerk. It's it's kind of interesting for a change. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're almost done with our full rotation, and then we'll only have to do that, what, 15 more times? Well, I mean, uh, we're not full. I mean, we're done. We're not fully there with the full rotation because we didn't get Axe yet, but Axe apparently doesn't get to narrate the book till, like, the next go around, so it's not fair to the. Yeah, it'll be a yeah. while. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's at our lower level, and of course, at our higher level, we do we have other benefits. I do a weekly queer book review slash recommendation, and. <laughs> <laughs> and I continue to be stuck in Gasha Hell. <laughs> Cause I mean, you could pick I something could, else. I could, but the thing is that it's such an easy way to be like, well, I can actually advance the main story, so this way I unlock more of the stuff for like what is currently the end game in that game. Because you know, there's still only like <laughs> two environments really in it, so it's like, well, I gotta get yeah. there so I can do the other stuff, so I can be ready for when they do the first major update. But yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm still playing fucking Star Rail. And I'll get back to the Nuzlocke <laughs> at some point, I swear. It's just that I just keep getting distracted by anime mummies. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. You're wonderful. Look, they threw, a, they threw a fox lady at me, and then they also were like, also, by the way, the, the criminal lady from the prologue is here too. So I'm like, well, f what did, look, I am but, I am but a person, I am but human. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right but yes uh that is patreon.com slash us weirdos cast which i'm repeating because i messed it up so bad at the beginning of the ad and i think with that it's probably about time to head back to the show so thanks very much for listening then i guess we just continue right on from where that episode ended with episode four the toad car because we continue right where it was with the flex telling jesse to get away from that criminal as they refer to mt but mt 
at this point, like I mentioned, alluding to it, pushes Alan Dracula's face into the water to use the fact that he's spinning his head around because he's just a deer doing his own thing as a murder, which also knocks the flex off of that half of the remaining butt that they have. And they go and hit the island and open the door as the flex chase them, and they have to lure Alan Dracula to follow them with a leaf that MT saved from the car where they met him. <laughs> Which I have to point out that this is another weird thing because, like, Alan Dracula basically like dissolves into like bouncy balls in like multiple of them to bounce after them. Mm-hmm. We've seen yes. him walk, <laughs> we know he can, yeah, but he doesn't have to. <laughs> Uh, Alan Dracula will continue to just be very strange <laughs> throughout the rest of the season, I expect. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. He's a perfectly normal deer. <laughs> oh yeah, how could I be mistaken? In <laughs> 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 case. Uh, Jesse tries to ask MT what's going on, but they just ignore him and open the next car door, which kind of just looks like an empty blank room with nothing in it. And for some reason, the Flex cannot open this door, even though they didn't bar it shut or anything. I realize after I have that in my notes, there's a reason why. We'll get to it. <laughs> Makes sense afterwards when you realize why they can't open it. Uh, yeah. MT runs across and tries to pry the next door open, as the Flex tells Jesse he's harboring a rogue reflection. Uh, but then he ends up seeing that in their haste, MT dropped the crumpled up like wanted poster of them from before their makeover, when they still look like tulip and uh i actually had to look it up because i forgot the cops names uh mace tries to like sand the door open with his like belt sander tonfa thingy but he can't do that so uh <laughs> i always forget sieve right not sieve yeah sieve. Right, sieve. he says it out loud he d- in, this he episode. Does. in my defense i watched this episode back on like sunday because i was like let me do this in advance this way i have more time to play the xenoblade dlc <laughs> Because you see, I would do this on Tuesday or Wednesday. The DLC released on Tuesday. That's why I forgot. Uh, but yeah, uh, Maze can't open the door with the sander, so Steve tries talking to Jesse instead to try to do the shitty cop routine of getting Jesse to help him instead. Because they're, they they make it seem like they're trying to do good cop, bad cop, but these two just also at the end will prove they're just bad cops because <laughs> they're cops. <laughs> Uh, and he mentions MT's prime tulip, which starts to turn him against MT because they've not told him anything compared to how apparently the, he thinks the cops have told him way more than MT ever has. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, probably, but Jesse, I don't know why he trusts them. It's Cause, he's cause, too naive. Yeah, because Jesse just does what other people tell him, so therefore it's like, oh, that's a dangerous criminal. What? I've been with a dangerous criminal. Fuck you, then. That's not doing what they tell him, though. That's just believing. Well, them. they they do tell him at some point to just like stay away from the bad uh, criminal, and he starts to do that. <laughs> yes, that is true. Yeah, I mean, but I don't know. I just feel like not to get too deep into it, but. Jesse specifically is a person of color and mm-hmm. an indigenous person, yeah. and he just takes these cops at their word mm-hmm. without any suspicion, and that seems weird to me. Yeah, but when was in- Infinity Train was like made back in like 2018, right? Like uh, this season, I believe, would have been 2018. Yes. Yeah, so like a few years before, like all the really rampant cop brutality bullshit going on. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Jesse's just a dumb kid and doesn't think about it that way. I guess that's he'll, fair. He'll figure it out in a few years, maybe. Sadly. Uh, no, actually. 
No, this uh, apparently season two ran in 2019. Oh, at the okay. end of 20, at the beginning of 2020. Wow, they're oh, just wow. pushing that. So this this season started airing like right around the time the Owl House started airing, because that was also January yeah. The first episode of this season started January 6, 2020. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so yeah, we were in it for sure. Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, in any case, uh, Mace goes back to the station to let uh, Seeds like already handle this instead. He also mentions he's going to go get something called the Lawbreaker, which we'll see later. <laughs> and as MT and Jesse are having an argument still about this, a Toad just interrupts them, asking to not be kicked. <laughs> and they have to ask why, because apparently the only way to open the door is to kick the Toad, which explains why the cops can't get in. <laughs> I don't know why why there's a little sign that says kick the toad there. It's, well, you have to know how it works. Otherwise, you yeah, wouldn't but, kick the toad. But the toad just explained it. They wouldn't have known if the toad didn't say anything. Like if the toad picked up the sign and walked off and didn't say, please don't kick me, they wouldn't know how to open this door. They'd just die here. <laughs> uh, yeah, any case. Uh, NT basically is just all in about to just kick this toad as it's the only way to get out of here, but that's when Jesse argues that they must be a criminal to kick a toad, because who else would kick a toad but apparently a criminal? <laughs> so, <laughs> so instead, NT resolves to make Jesse do it instead, since all he's done is hold them up. <laughs> Which, kind of fair, but also not, because Jesse's actually done some stuff at least. Uh, but yeah, when Jesse stresses that he doesn't want to get off the train, it does kind of come back to me to kick the toad <laughs> so he's like actually psyching himself up to do it being like yeah i hate this but i gotta do it uh and he readies to go and kick the toad but notices that his number goes up to 34 but when he goes and puts his leg back down it goes to 29 so by his logic he thinks that this means that mt has to do it because if he kicks the toad his number's gonna go up but, uh, yeah, MT's busy playing with Alan Dracula's face like a ping-pong board. I for forgot that it was not called that. What was it called? <laughs> it's a paddle, paddle ball. Paddle ball. Yeah, I was trying to think of what that thing was called. Yeah, it's it's the ball on the string. Yeah, it's a paddle ball if there's a string on it. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, uh, MT's doing... I will say, though, like, I don't know why they're so all-in on this. I mean, kick the toad to leave the car seems like pretty easy interpretation like, like you could just, just nudge him right <laughs> yeah nudge me yet gently with your foot go to jail for 1000 years but the door <laughs> opens <laughs> I mean, it seems like a good trade-off at least i'm not going to kick you into a wall and hurt you horribly <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. You, it's... you kick his body like the football I mean, maybe it, maybe the room knows that it has to be like a proper kick kick like it's not like you can be like oh i slightly like like, it wouldn't be like you could just, like, push him slightly onto, like, his side or something that with your foot. And it's like, no, it has to be, like, a fucking soccer kick. Like, you need to punt this dude. Well, <laughs> see, if they established that, I would be okay yeah, with yeah, that. Yeah, but they don't. <laughs> but they don't. They just say you have to kick yeah, the Yeah, and th to be fair, they also don't test it out. Obviously, these episodes are, like, ten minutes long. They probably just don't have time to be like, hey, let's, let's test if we can just, like, nudge the toad to see if it works. No? Okay, I guess that has to be a proper kick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Why is there a fan art of Catcher going, you kick my body like the football? 
You don't know me at the cat? No. <laughs> I'm shocked. I don't know what this is. Because I, I made a reference to it and you played along. I thought uh, you no, knew. No, I think I, I, think uh, I missed something there. <laughs> Oh, I, oh no! I know me at the cat. I didn't realize it. Yeah. Oh, okay, right, right. Okay, I got this right. Okay, <laughs> I forgot that. I for, I remember the jail from ever jail from ever for one thousand years part. I forgot the part at the start is like you kick me at you kick her body like the football. <laughs> okay, that explains it. <laughs> to be fair, I, I'm pretty sure if Captain's complaining about you kick her body like the football, it's because she actually did something like attempted genocide <laughs> and deserves to kind of get <laughs> as a result for attempted genocide. Uh, I mean that's season one, Catra. So yes, definitely. Well, that's, that's season one through three, Catra. <laughs> kind of even still a season, bit of season four, Catra, who wants to do a genocide. <laughs> In any case, yeah. Uh, da, da, da. Yeah, basically, MT also says that it's it's a passenger thing, so he has to do it. They won't get involved, so yeah, they're not gonna kick the toad for him to do it. Uh, so basically, everybody just decides to hunker down in the car for night, I guess. Uh, with Steve still outside, and basically, uh, Alan Dracula poofs into a bunch of pillows to go to sleep. Because typical, normal, everyday deer stuff. Uh, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? Exactly. And basically, everybody else inside the car regretfully decides to use him as, like, uh, backing to go to bed. <laughs> like, they're not, like, like laying down on top of him. They're basically just, like, with their backs to him on each side, with the toad on his head. Uh, yeah. During this, Jesse decides to look through some photos of his time on the train till he comes to a video of some kids putting his uh, little brother Nate on an office cabinet on top of a hill <laughs> and forcing him to write it down the hill to be part of their group. And obviously, he particularly falls off at the bottom and gets made fun of while in actual pain. Like, his like, shirt is all torn up and everything. I definitely had seen just getting his voice actor that I guess his arm actually breaks because the picture they have on him is with his arm in the cast. <laughs> so, real fucked up that they're just laughing at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, finally the truth is revealed. This is why we're not men. We never went down the hill on the filing <laughs> cabinet. Ah, <laughs> uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> now, admittedly, I did go down the in a shopping cart but that's not good enough so yeah the shop no the shopping cart has way better center of gravity you're not on a tiny little like uh office desk drawer those things those things can topple over so easily if they're going too fast shopping carts at least like you have your like center of mass more spread out because it's actually designed at some points to actually have some people in them typically not adults though <laughs> yeah, no, I, don't, I don't think i really did anything like that necessarily as a kid I think I was too sensible to be like, I'm not going to go down the hill in this thing or I'll fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. In any case, uh, Jesse's bully friends tell him to tell Nate that he failed the van test, and Jesse does because he just does what people tell him, and his brother is crying at this, and current day Jesse feels awful about everything, as he should. <laughs> Uh, MT then breaks the silence by asking about the video as he walks off and looks at more photos of his family, only to be bothered by Steve once again, trying to argue that he's a hostage of MT, and that he, oh, he's a cop, he's just here trying to help everybody, don't you know that's what cops do? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but he apparently overheard the video, I guess, so he can deduce that Jesse has a phone, and he asked Jesse to leave his phone out at morning so that they can pop through its reflective screen to, uh, air quotes, arrest MT. 
he really stresses arrest. It's like, it's not just my <laughs> notes. He definitely does say, we'll arrest her. Yeah, he definitely didn't burst out of the ocean uh, uh -huh. wielding the murder weapon. Well, no, Mace has the murder weapon, to be fair. Steve <laughs> doesn't, but still. His, his associate and co-worker has a murder weapon. But at this point, Mace returns with that device called the Lawbreaker, which I really don't know how to really describe this thing. It's basically like a fucking fantasy-ass, like, door, uh, siege weapon kind of deal. It's like... Yeah, I mean, it's like a battering yeah, ram, but yeah, it's a yeah, laser. That, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I was, I was drawing a blank on the name. Yeah, battering ram, but it's a laser. <laughs> Uh, a battery-powered laser that you have to plug in yeah. with actual electrical <laughs> cords. Uh -huh. Which is not a good idea for them. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, but before any of this, MT overheard it all and just takes the phone, breaks it, and spray paints it. But Mace is just like, fuck it, we're doing things my way, and just turns on the lawbreaker to bust their way in. <laughs> <laughs> and at this, MT argues that they have no reason to trust someone who would sell out his own sibling to justify breaking the phone, which is fair. <laughs> And he pitifully tries to say it'd just be funny before admitting he didn't want for Nate to get hurt and that he didn't get to talk to him before ending up on the train. And it's like, hey, Jesse, uh, remember, dude, so many people try to argue that it's just a joke, bro. And it's never actually just a joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and at this, MT, being their usual blunt says, self, says that his friends are bad. <laughs> Like, you know, that's true that says, you know your friends are bad, right? <laughs> but then they also admit that they should have told him about how they're technically an air quotes criminal and tells him about Tulip and how their desire to live their own life branded them a target of the flex because, yeah, they just want to be their own trans self and that apparently is not a thing cops like in this world. And, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, in any world, cops really. Cops hate that. Yeah. <clears throat> cops hate it when you're yourself. <laughs> Uh, and, and at this, like, uh, Jesse kind of puts a little bit together and asks if MT stands for Mirror Tulip, and MT says, no, it doesn't, I'm just letting you actually have something to call me by, which is relatable. <laughs> like, I mean, it does, though. Yeah. It's not their name, but that's what it stands for. <laughs> In a sense, yeah, but also, like, MT is just like, yeah, yes and no kind of deal, because <laughs> they want to be their own person, they're just trying to figure stuff out still. <laughs> oh yeah, and MT also at this point uh, apologized for breaking Jesse's phone, but had to stop the flex from emerging in everywhere. And then Jesse points out that their body is reflective, and apparently they just cannot actually emerge from people, <laughs> which at least is addressing something. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. They might not take the time out to address if they could just nudge the toad for the door to open. But at least they actually point out like, yeah, no, people can't burst out of people. <laughs> That's just how it works. Right. They do treat it like it's the most obvious thing in the world, but, but there's also, not no. really a reason for yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's like, why can't they? <laughs> why can't they just uh, fucking telefrag out of NT? Apparently that's not how the rules work. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but it is the flex start to break into the car, and so the Toad offers to be kicked, and Jesse offers to kick him together so that they both share the blame, but... The, he basically accidentally backs into Alan Dracula, who, or no, the Toad does, but uh, basically he bumps into Alan Dracula just enough that Alan Dracula instinctively bucks him into a wall because he's a deer, <laughs> which opens the door, <laughs> well, opens both doors, actually, because it just does that. 
Uh, and then Jesse actually <laughs> has an idea for once, and he decides to grab the toad on the way out, so the door steals shut on Maze and Steve and with the lawbreaker cable snapping since it gets stuck in the door, so they can't just burn their way out, because it's like, well, if there's no toad, you can't open the door. I guess fuck everybody else that is on this bottom back of the train and can't get through this car now. <laughs> uh, may- maybe one one realizes, oh, wait, that this car's fucked, I gotta move it. <laughs> I mean, presumably, eventually, some sort of sensor would go off to indicate, oh no. Yeah, like, hey, this car ain't working, you gotta put another toad in here. <laughs> but yeah, this is the toad. I really hope he doesn't put another toad in there. Yeah, maybe do something different. The to- I'd like to think that this is one of Amelia's leftovers. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it is a blank fucking room except for a toad. <laughs> like, at one point, the toad even offers uh, Jesse, like, cookies and stuff, and he's like, no thanks, and the toad's like, oh, thank God, I actually don't have any. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you're in a blank fucking room. How could you have anything, like a source of food or anything, my guy? <laughs> but yeah. In any case, uh, the toad thanks them for saving him from an existential nightmare and just hops off in, like, a real gravity-defying way across, like, a lot of the terrain. And this was so funny. I like this is the most I have laughed at a shot in this yeah, show. It, like it's just, it's kind of just like uh the bit with like uh Poochie going, I have to go now, my plan needs me, clearly not in Homer's voice, and then they just lift his whole character model up or something like that. Like the toad still jumps, it's just that he jumps way too much. <laughs> like the fucking Mario Odyssey uh, uh frogs jumping where they just jump so high into the air. Especially when you can get a frog on the moon, and it's like, yep, you're just have you're just in the air for like a minute there, basically as you wait to go up and then back down. Uh, uh, but after all this, Jesse's number goes down to fourteen, and he celebrates by hugging MC. And that's that episode. Yeah, a very nice little conclusion there. Yeah. I regret that the frog got kicked. Yeah, it's still not great, but at least it was like it was a technically an accident because like alan dracula is just a deer and just kicked an instinct because something bumped against him yeah like to be clear alan dracula will never help anyone ever oh He's yeah just no I, I had that as one of my notes actually about how they actually had a distinction of like Alan Dracula is there, but he's not there to help. It's just that sometimes he does something that helps him accidentally. <laughs> like him spinning his head just because he wanted to, and it's like, we can use this as a propeller to make the car- to make the, the leftover of the boat actually go somewhere, and then he's just there and accidentally kicks the toad, so nobody else asks you. <laughs> it's very funny that they're like, yeah, we had to have a mandate of, like, the deer can't actually do anything directly to help. They just sometimes accidentally have the deer do something that helps, or they use the deer in some way because of something it's doing to actually use it for their advantage. <laughs> Pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to write the laws of robotics, but for deer, and it's not working. <laughs> I don't think we have any questions, do we? We do not. We don't have any questions at all this week, I'm sorry to say. Mm. But in the future, if you do have questions, you'll be able to send them to us at usweirdoscast on Twitter or at usweirdos on co-host. We also have usweirdoscast at gmail.com. Um, I mostly list all of those because, I mean, we've been saying it for a long time now, but Twitter is going even further down the tubes, oh, yeah. so, like, who even knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, who, who knows? We've been saying it for, like, half a year now, but who knows when... Twitter might just fucking fully collapse upon itself as like some big singularity explosion event. 
Like, honestly, they've been kicking out the walls for months now. There's no way to know when they're going to kick out a load-bearing one. Yeah, <laughs> matter of time at this point, really, more than anything. Yep. In any case, uh, I do have a bit of trivia, then, if you don't have any questions. Uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, basically, I uh, have a few voice actors, but a lot of it's just more tangential stuff. Uh, Marcel's voice actor, and I did not catch this until I looked it up, is Wayne fucking Knight. <laughs> yeah. A.K.A. Nedry from Jurassic Park and Newman from Seinfeld. Definitely didn't catch mm -hmm. that somehow. <laughs> and then when I realized <laughs> it, it's like, oh, yeah, fucking of course it's Wayne Knight. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, the Toad's voice actor, and apparently I saw the Toad as a name, Terrence, so I guess the Toad shows up again at some point. Uh, he's just voiced by show creator Owen Dennis. He voices just a lot of like side characters throughout this, I guess. And <laughs> Nate's voice actor we're pretty familiar with because it's he's uh, Justin Feldinger, also best known as Spirit from Amphibia, and apparently Danny Petrosky from the ba the Boss Baby series. <laughs> he kind of has like a more like smaller uh, credits, but also he's a kid actually, so like he's a teenager, I think. So it's like he has, yeah. he literally hasn't been around long enough to have a bunch of credits, but everybody knows him as Sprig. <laughs> Which again, I did not like. Again, when I saw that, I, I actually was like, "Oh yeah!" But, like thinking back on Nate's voice, like, "Oh, that is definitely just Sprig." Uh -huh. Yeah, absolutely. He's just not a frog this time. If he was a frog, he would have come out of the man test way better. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, he could have hopped off of him and saved himself from eating shit. <laughs> uh, if nothing else, he'd probably be better at landing. Yeah. I didn't really write down this necessarily, but I just made a point of noting that the bullies are mostly voiced by show staff members, like Owen again, and also Robbie Damon. Like, they're, they're kind of just side characters. I don't think any of them even have names. <laughs> I think one of them might have a name. I think it's like the name of like the bully friend that uh, Jesse mentioned back in episode two. I forgot the name, though. <laughs> uh, apparently, the car at the start of the map episode was initially going to be the salt car instead of the green car, with Alan Dracula dragging his tongue around, but the idea was replaced to connect it to the shorts and to save time explaining the concept of the salt car. <laughs> I guess it would have been too long yeah. to actually like have them indicate that like Alan Dracula's been licking everything and we have to stop him. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we could have had at least a couple seconds of explaining that he was licking everything. Yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't even need to like necessarily have that for more than like a shot. He's a deer. Deer are gonna lick stuff. <laughs> but, yeah. Deer are kind of famous for licking salt. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, this is something actually about the train itself, but uh, Alex Horb says that the train has different cars, some for emotional growth, some for just the train itself, and some that are just a gimmick. And while he thinks the map car is the gimmick type, uh, another uh, member of the crew, Madeline Kierpel, or Kierpel, who I think I mentioned before, says it's actually for emotional growth, at least how she sees it, as Jesse starts to learn not to just do as everybody else tells him to do all the time, and start actually thinking for himself. Uh, also, they doubt it's Horab. Uh, he also apparently had to eat 30 pieces of celery and also had to be on the swim team because he was the only person who knew how to do the butterfly swim. So those two parts are just taken from his uh, childhood, I guess. I, did, yeah. I didn't see any context for why he had to eat 30 pieces of celery. I don't. I hope it wasn't the same case of why Jesse had to. <laughs> yeah. I don't really know why either. Yeah. That feels like a thing that a lunch lady does not have the power to enforce. You would hope, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and we also see the cross-eyed ducks car, the green car, and the beach car through the various photos that Jesse looks on his phone before he gets to the video with his brother. 
you know, we, we already had seen them with the green car, but it, yeah, it was interesting seeing that they actually were at the cross-eyed ducks car and the beach car that Tulip had been through before too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently there were also plans early on to have MT's multi-tool be like an Achilles heel in the finale of the season, but they decided to just have them put in their boot way back in the first episode for its protection just to make things easier so you didn't have to pay attention to it, I guess. <laughs> Uh, also, going back to Owen Dennis voicing the Toad, apparently he did an Elvis impression while voicing the Toad as a joke, and they just decided to keep it as the Toad's voice, much like Alex Hirsch doing the bad Mickey Mouse impression that just became Hootie's actual voice. <laughs> pretty, I don't pretty amazing. feel like it's especially an Elvis impression, but I guess they would have to distinguish it a little bit at least. Yeah, like if he's voicing like a bunch of like side characters that are like one-offs or maybe like character is only in like the show like twice at most, it's like you probably would have to like put a little bit of difference in cadence into it. That's how it was described <laughs> on, the, on the trivia. Again, that for all we know, the trivia might be wrong, but that's what it said it as. I didn't necessarily see it as another expression either, but I can kind of see it a little. It's not. It's not as... It's not as apparent as Hootie's voice as being a bad Mickey Mouse impression. <laughs> yeah, definitely. There's one moment in the episode where the Toad goes, uh, thank you very much, but that's the only Elvis that you really get yeah. besides him having kind of a that southern accent. Yeah, at the end before he jumps off. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the hill that Nate is pushed down is a real hill called Killer Hill, and it's in Mayville, North Dakota. <laughs> Once again, they're just taking stuff that they actually know of from like their childhoods and just putting it in, being like, "Yeah, let's put the fucking Killer Hill in this." <laughs> I feel like it's a little bit overkill to recreate a specific hill for the scene where you're throwing a child down a hill, but sure. Yeah, well, they had one in mind, I guess, when they came up with that idea of like, what would be the manly test? Oh, write a thing down a fucking murder hill, I guess. <laughs> Which again, doesn't sit well for the actual Killer Hill if people know it's called Killer Hill. <laughs> actually, I want to see if I can find this now, actually. <laughs> Well, I found a different one, uh, a title, uh, article titled The Mystery Behind Murder Hill in Ellicottville. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably a different Yeah, hill. it's a different one. Also, like, one of the first results is, like, a YouTube video, Attempted Murder Assault Conspiracy in Mayville, North Dakota. Hmm. <laughs> Hope that's not related to, mur to Killer Hill. <laughs> In any case, uh, the crew had some debate over being able to talk through car doors on the train, because apparently the cars are meant to be isolated universes. Well, they always have been so far. But... Yeah, yeah. They guess they had to have that conversation, like, wait, would they actually be able to talk through the door? I guess for the sake of this, we can say yes. <laughs> and the other thing I have is that the rule of mirror people being unable to jump out of other mirror people was created to more or less just save the entire season's plot. <laughs> They realize at some point, wait, wouldn't that break everything? Yeah, let's just fucking actually explain it away and be like, no, you can't do that. <laughs> Which is for the best, really. It's like, it would be really, it would be really annoying if MT had to, like, spray paint herself or something to make her not be reflected. Yeah. Also, yeah. also could be interpreted as blackface if it was with that black spray paint can that they have. <laughs> Fun. Besides, then they wouldn't be all shiny. Yeah. It would take away uh, some of MT's uh, distinctive look as being a murder... Uh, I almost said a murder person, a metal person. 
Yeah, you could call them a murder person, I guess. I, I mean, I don't know. MT is absolutely the murder is okay in that quadrant of like your feelings matter, <laughs> it's a, and you're not. A I mean, they were for sure gonna <laughs> kick that toad. <laughs> absolutely, they didn't give a shit. It's like, yeah, I made a, not I made like a, a light kick either. No, they were going all in. Yeah, that was absolutely a. I'm going to kick the hell out of this guy. I made a metal. This man might just explode. <laughs> That was full on. Uh, I'm gonna put it between the football uprights kick. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's all I got though. Well, I really appreciate you going through all of that because goodness me, that was a lot. Yeah, there's a lot of like just like little notes from like the crew and stuff like that in terms of that. You know, admittedly there were a few new characters, but not as many. Not even as much as, yeah. like, actual, like, uh, trivia bits besides just, like, oh, this is just a funny thing they got. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, with the exception of the Jesse talking to the cops thing, the, the, the frog, the toad car, sorry, is probably our strongest episode so far. Like, much as I love MT and their introduction in that first episode, this is... IMO, the best emotional story we have so far. Yeah, it, it, it gives a lot more uh, a lot more of a like clear understanding of Jesse before he got on the train and why he's here. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, aside from, like, him having to, like, actually, like, stand for himself and do his own thing rather than just doing what everybody tells him to, it's like, yeah, that, that ends up hurting people a lot of the time, turns out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with like in regards to him like egging on his brother to be like, yeah, you'll be in the man club if you do this. Oh, you ate shit. Uh, you suck. And it's like your brother literally just broke his arm. You asshole. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's not a great episode for Jesse. No, but at least there's actually like, I I'm at least glad that we are actually getting some actual characterization of Jesse because honestly I found just kind of a little grating from the like especially from the first two episodes because it's like I don't know yeah that's very fair yeah. he is just kind of a dude dude around yeah I mean it's like when you think when you realize like his whole deal is that he has problems actually like saying no to people and standing up for himself it's like well you listen to like all the little side stories he has of like being just kind of friends with whoever even when he acknowledges that they're kind of jerks it's like yeah at least it actually gives a lot more context for that because he just can't say <laughs> no and also can't stand for himself or his brother in terms of these people trying something that could really have hurt him even more than he already got hurt because <laughs> his brother could have easily fallen and broken his neck during that yes indeed mm -hmm. but it's fine though He'd be a man. <laughs> He'd be a dead man. <laughs> Congratulations, hey, you're a dead man, man is still you're a man. man in death. <laughs> so I'm sure that would make Nate so pleased. <laughs> you would think the location of Killer Hill would be widely more widely known if that's how all trans men have to become men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, seriously. It's it's a hill. Don't do it. It's stupid. Yeah. Also, make sure when <laughs> make sure when I die, my skeleton keeps the boobs in it. <laughs> At the very least, use something that has real wheels and not just friggin' casters. Yeah, those don't <laughs> roll well. If somebody had to roll some of those around to switch them up at like desks and stuff before my uh, new coworker had started back in the beginning of March, 
those things don't roll very well, especially on carpet. And like that's just grass and dirt and stuff. That's not going to roll very well on that either. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Uh, yeah, um, I don't know. Unless you have any final thoughts, I think we're pretty much at our end here, right? Yeah, I think so. Like, good solid uh, pairing of episodes. Definitely stronger than like the last ones, I think. Like, I mean, we like the MT introduction back in episode one, and like. To be fair, the, oh, yeah. the, ma the map car is kind of like, eh, it's all right. It's not, it's not the worst. But like, uh, the map car is confusing but necessary. <laughs> yeah, like it sets, it sets up the toad car. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so definitely, guess... it's definitely better than the crystal car, which the crystal car was like, yeah, it shows that like Tulip had fun on road trips and is realizing that she doesn't really get that as much now. But it's kind of a nothing episode overall besides that. <laughs> <laughs> But she sang word up, though. <laughs> she did sing word up, though. <laughs> yeah, I guess uh, tune in next week to join us for the Parasite Car and the Lucky Cat Car. So one of those is probably going to be way more body horror -y than the other. Uh, There's yeah, only one way to find out. Probably. <laughs> I didn't honestly... Obviously, I, it's the cat. I honestly so. did not know the names of these episodes. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, if you have enjoyed our work today, you can catch me on Twitter at patch underscore jacket and uh, on co-host at nobody. Um, I'm also on a bunch of actual play shows, uh, the first and fourth Saturday of every month. And I'm not even going to try to guess what's coming up next because uh, it, I, I just don't know. So yeah, just uh, twitch.tv slash the transverse every Saturday at 3 p.m. Central and there be some show on and i may or may not be on it <laughs> uh oh yeah right shit mine uh, <laughs> 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 i haven't done this in a while because we just kind of skipped it sometimes uh i'm still at the underscore oblivion on twitter uh i think yeah that's that's still my co no no i'm just at oblivion on co-host i keep forgetting about my co-host honestly because i feel like most people still haven't really cared about co-hosts necessarily yeah, co-hosts had a lot of momentum when it started up. But yeah, I feel like the, the long waiting period really killed yeah, it. Yeah, it. it really got its like it really got at least spread around as an option to Twitter back when Twitter was really first bought by Musk and started fucking with it. But I feel like yeah, mm -hmm. I feel like that long waiting period and also like the fact that like you can't actually send DMs to people on co-host is strange. <laughs> like I was like gonna do that to wish one of my friends happy birthday a few days ago and then realized like wait you can't DM them. I guess I'll just message them over twitter because they're really not on discord much at all either <laughs> be like yeah, yeah i have to see you this way because you're not really on discord and i didn't think you could do that on coast and they're like yeah you can't <laughs> it's like weird <laughs> yeah no maybe maybe a twitter fully fucking catches fire at some point maybe people will be like what about ghost actually <laughs> yeah no, I, uh, I feel like at this point most people actually just follow us on twitter anyway <laughs> that's yeah yeah uh. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah uh, wow, weird energy this week. We were just sitting here going, "Yeah," instead of closing the show. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's it's been a weird one in general. I mean, <laughs> we talked way more about a gas station and whether or not an amusement park creature is uh, a chip, a chipmunk for a while there before we even really talked about anything related to Infinity Dream. <laughs> 
The, the count I is. Believe you would compare the noble Bucky to that monstrosity. <laughs> the count is still at two yes, two no. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> the most dreaded rivalry. The podcast is finally torn apart. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry guys, we're canceling the Patreon. We're giving you refunds. Uh, the X Files is canceled. The Los Weirdos is canceled. Well, we've got one more thing to do on Patreon, and that is our ritualistic battle to the death. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that being a tier on the Patreon. <laughs> Well, it is now that we've been divided. <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, until next time, just remember, us weirdos have to stick together. together. Also, that Cosmo Bye. is a fucking chipmunk. <laughs>